Hi, and welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast where I unfold with the help of my amazing guests from across the world how sustainability practices are integrated into business operations in various industries. My name is Anna. I am an environmentalist, sustainability consultant, and a host of this show. Today, I'd like to talk about marketing and branding in sustainability and for sustainability. To help me discover this field, I invited Erika Larsen from Pixel Power. She is helping sustainability marketers to look good while saving the world through beautifully branded web design. I'm very excited Erika joins us today at Sustainability Explored. I can't wait to start our interview. But before we do, you can use this moment to subscribe to the podcast to always be one step ahead with the sustainability news across countries and industries. All right, are you ready? Let's jump right into it. Hi, Erika. Nice to have you today as my guest. Um, very excited to talk to you today about branding and marketing in sustainability. I know you have your own company called Pixel Power. Uh, very interesting to, I'm very interested to learn how you started it and what's going on right now in your life. But let's start with your path in sustainability. Where did you start? I actually started in sustainability in college. So I went to school for environmental studies and I specifically was focusing on urban planning. So the environmental urban planning. And I ended up getting you know, some internships during college that were at environmental organizations. And it just really kept me interested in that area. And then the same thing, when I went into graduate school, I transitioned to environmental education. So I wanted to work with adults, teaching them about sustainable business practices. And again, I took internships that were in that area and I ended up working full time um, you know, after a while for a, an engineering firm that, uh, that did energy conservation, uh, water conservation, um, anything in that area. And they were focused on K through 12 uh, schools and universities, um, as well as municipalities um, and any large infrastructure they were looking to make more efficient. And I was their marketing manager for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really just loved what I was doing and wanted to continue doing it on the side. Um, eventually, I ended up leaving that company because it wasn't growing in the way that I wanted to, but my company was growing a lot. I was working, uh, you know, evenings and weekends and it had turned into two different jobs. And so it was a great time for me to, to keep working in marketing, in sustainability, in my own business, uh, and really put my, my whole amount of time into it and that's how, how I did you come up with the idea to start your own business was it something you were doing on the side or yes. completely when you stopped the engineering with the engineering firm 
I was doing it on the side while I was working at the engineering firm, I was getting requests. So people at work were saying, Oh, I'm involved in this other group. They really need a website. Can you do that? And it was like, yes. Um, my husband at the time had owned a website hosting company. And so as we started to get these requests to build websites, we decided, okay, I think we're going to rebrand our company and expand our offerings because, you know, we both worked in uh, web development mm -hmm. and I had this passion in sustainability. So it, it just made a lot of sense to kind of change who we stood for, like what we stood for. And, um, and, and we just, we just switched it up. So we kept getting requests just from friends and referrals just because of what we did at work. So that's how we ended up doing it. That's super interesting. I remember a couple of months ago, I had a, a Zoom call with one of the listeners from Ireland. He had a sustainability de degree in sustainability. And then when uh, uh, a crisis of 2008 hit, he kind of retransitioned into marketing in automobile industry. And then we were having ages later, now how long, 12 years later, uh, we were having this conversation. He wanted to go back into sustainability. And your example is this perfect merge um, in one of the previous episodes I mentioned. Take two seemingly unconnectable things, connect them, on, and on the edge, you on the edge of it, you will be, you know, in your own particular uh, very narrow niche in a way. You're right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And because I never thought, oh, I'm going to work at an engineering firm. You know, that, that was not a goal, <laughs> but it just made a whole lot of sense. And when they hired me, it was because I had that sustainability background and they wanted to be able to, you know, talk about all the work that they were doing. And since they had some very big universities as clients, those universities wanted their students and the communities to know, you know, what they were doing to save energy, what they were, what they were doing for the students on campus to make things healthier and more equitable for them. So I think, you know, it was a good fit. And when I came on, they hadn't even really thought about it in the same way, but what they were doing was, was exactly what I had been trained to do in school. Mm -hmm. so it made a lot of sense. And information is like the new currency of today's world. If you're doing something amazing, but no one knows about it, how are they going to find out? How are they going to exactly. come? How will they know how much, how sustainable, how much energy, water, whatever else you save if you're not sharing? So this is an amazing, I, I was waiting for this interview with you. I will be very honest because yes. And it's also in a way how I transitioned I was just speaking to my parents two days ago. Um, could I have ever imagined that being a trained environmentalist with this very scientific, um, um, let's say, muscle, I would end up doing podcasts almost like full time to share this information that I will be, I don't know, wearing a hat of a journalist, wearing a hat of a podcast producer and interviewer but people should know yeah and this is um this is uh informational the century the century of information talk to me a little bit about pixel power how does it work what's the mission of your company how do you phrase frame the the vision 
Pixel Power's purpose is to provide web design and marketing services for other companies that implement sustainability services. So we have some different kinds of clients and um, you know they vary from those energy efficiency engineering firms that I talked about and uh, have a water treatment facility and even investors who help people to invest in things like solar and wind. Um, so we really just want to support those organizations that are implementing good things in the world. And that's really my mission. Yeah. Are there, what are the clients usually looking for when they approach you? Is there some specific message? They say, we're doing this and that, but we want you to emphasize something specific. What are their you know, pains in the way, in a way? Usually they don't have an internal marketing department, or maybe they just have an executive assistant or someone who, you know, they'll throw together some brochures here and there as needed, but they don't have, they don't really have a brand. So they've never established any kind of overall look and feel. Maybe they built their website one time a long time ago and they haven't updated it. So, you know, they're looking for updated terminology. Uh, they want a new look to their brand, anything from logos and colors and and all of that to um, copywriting so that it makes more sense to people. Sometimes when you're working with these scientists and engineers, they write in a way that the general public doesn't understand. And so even if they're putting out proposals, um, you know, and they have these brilliant people working on it, the people who make the decisions whether or not to implement these projects, they don't understand it if it's too technical. So I am there to kind of, you know, dumb it down in a way so that they can take these things to board members and they can understand what it is that they're actually proposing and how it's going to benefit the, them and the general public. Totally. That, that is also something that a lot of similarities that, that I find while interviewing people, language, quote unquote, is, is a big thing. How are you talking to your investors? How are you talking to general public? And all this time that this language has to be adapted, adjusted, changed, even sometimes completely. Wow. Wow. How many, how many people are working in your team? Uh, we have six people. There are two full-time and four part-time. We have a team of six people. Each one of us has a different set of skills. So I am in the marketing and design area, whereas my business partner is a software engineer. So he will take on, you know, anything that's in the server realm, coding, um, you know, any of that really complicated IT stuff, that's what he takes care of. Uh, we have two videographers, a copywriter, and a graphic designer. So, you know, all together, we're able to really provide a more robust service. Um, and it really helps out those companies that are only, you know, struggling along with one person marketing team, uh, because we can bring in those skills that they probably don't have. Mm -hmm. How do you communicate sustainability in a way, in a sustainable way? Do you kind of screen your clients on the basis of are they greenwashing or are they telling, are they telling the truth? Is there any kind of an audit sort of that you perform? It's a little bit difficult for me just because of the kind of clients that we work with. We don't have any product-based clients. Um, 
and they're all working in the built environment. So very large infrastructure. So it's not like I can test any of their products or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I, I do try to pay attention to whether their hearts are in the right place. You know, if the outcome is something that is actually going to benefit the public. And of course, with sustainability, you're not just dealing with environment. You're also, it's people, planet, and profit. So I understand that these companies are here to make a profit, but if they're making a profit off of something that benefits us overall, then, you know, it's, it's more understandable. It's not something that we need to shun. I mean, you simply can't build skyscrapers <laughs> without making some money to do it. So, um, so, you know, I do pay attention to that. What kind of mentality do they have about it? Do they even understand their uh, impact that they're having on the environment? And how careful are they being about it? Yeah, now, now that I asked, I'm, I'm even thinking that it is also kind of visible in the way people communicate, whether they put their heart in it and how they with how much sensitivity they approach the subject or if they're like tanks give me that do that i told you so yeah and it really does make a difference you can tell whether you're talking to someone who's in the sustainability department at a company versus the accountant of a company you know because uh, they just have a completely different way of looking at things but you can have that accountant that's like this is really where my heart is and i'm an accountant for this company because of what they're doing so it really does make a big difference and to have that conversation with them at the beginning to understand them better and see if we would be a good fit is very essential. Yeah, there is a misconception, I think, in, in the general kind of understanding of the world of sustainability. Uh, people tend to look at it from only environment, plants, yeah. animals, uh, nature. But social is such a big part of it. And exactly how the workers, how the employees talk about the, their employer, maybe talks more about sustainability than how much energy they are saving in their buildings. Right. That is a very good point. Um, and people do get confused about that. And some people are turned off by sustainability because they view it as a tree hugger kind of thing. But if they can begin to understand that it has these three different components to it that benefit everyone and their health, you know, they, it saves the money. It, you know, it really benefits us in a, a whole holistic kind of way, um, not just save the trees, which of course is also important. But, um, but this really just takes a larger picture view of, of why these kinds of projects are important. Totally, totally. Um, here's what I'm curious about. Is there a way to kind of measure the communication let's say you took uh, a website a built in two solvents you remained it uh, remade it completely uh, 20 years later how, how do you measure if the message is working uh, especially in the case where it's let's say city council i think uh, recently you posted something on uh, linkedin about cleveland right Yes. What, what the city is doing for, for its own sustainability. When it's not about a product, how do you measure uh, whether your communication worked and branding of an entity worked? 
that can be a little difficult, especially if we're talking about paper products, <laughs> but it, it depends on what the customer wants to do with it. If we always make sure that there is a call to action and then we can try to track, you know, where the people came into their company from, uh, it's much easier to track their websites. So if we build a website and we have a call to action, we'll implement Google Analytics, uh, we use the Tag Manager and Google Search Console to see what parts of their website people are viewing the most. Maybe certain pages aren't getting views, or if they are a blogging kind of site, you know, maybe they have certain blogs that really get attention. And we can try to uh, you know, reanalyze how we're we're maintaining this website going forward so that we can focus on the things that people are more interested in and kind of phase out those things that aren't hitting home. So it is easy to track those kinds of things. Um, with large projects like these ones, um, you know, they're not selling products online. They're, they're too large basically. They, and a lot of them are custom. So, um, so we can track whether they were contacted, whether their salespeople actually, you know, got that contact and were able to talk to them. But really it's an internal thing from there, whether they are able to develop a project that's appropriate for that contact and sell it is really on, on their part at this point. Um, but on our end, yes, tracking their website is definitely key. For you, branding and marketing for sustainability is rather science or art? It's both. <laughs> it's both. And I think that that also is a good reason why we have the team that we do, because I'm more the creative one and the, the artsy one. But then you bring in my partner and he, he is the one who's going to be doing all of that analytics stuff. So, you know, I can talk about it in the big picture, but he, um, he's the one who really delve in to see what is working for people and what isn't. And I'm often there just to make it pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Is there any piece of advice you would like to share with the listeners concerning your job or maybe how to enter the field? If you're looking to get into sustainability, I think well, if you're in school for it, deciding on what kind of job you want to get when you get out is really important early on because when you uh, have a major like mine, like environmental studies, you know, it's very generic and it doesn't necessarily lead directly into a job. And so making sure that you get internships and practicums that align with the kind of position you want after school is really important. That is exactly how I ended up in marketing. It was kind of by accident. They were like, oh, she's an environmental studies student. Well, she'd be great in our marketing department. <laughs> totally random though. I didn't know I was going into marketing. Um, so if that's not something you see in your future, if you really see yourself working out in the field or you're working in the parks or, you know, you're working in a lab, those are the kinds of, of internships you want to make sure to get in school. And also there, they'll help you to pick your, um, extracurricular activities in school and your, um, electives. So, so think about that. If you're thinking about going into it and if you're out of school, 
you might end up having to, you know, volunteer in some areas that you want to work in because you can make those connections with people. Once you develop those relationships, it's a lot easier to get into areas that you're interested in working in. I'm going through the internal debate for a while, whether um, higher education on sustainability and environment is necessary actually to enter the job market. In your case, how do you think from where you are now in marketing for sustainability, do you think school was, I mean, conventional school was necessary or you could have skipped it? The way it worked with me, it was necessary, but I don't think it's necessary for everyone, especially if they find that passion early. I knew that I was interested in environment and specifically water. I was really interested in water, um, but I didn't really learn about sustainability itself until graduate school. So I was very environmental faith, uh, environmental based <laughs> as an undergraduate and uh, before then. Um, but if you can find that passion and find ways to get involved, is the education isn't really necessary. Um, it's very expensive. It's very expensive to go to graduate school, especially for me. And so sometimes I think, you know, maybe it would have been better if I had just started interning more as an undergrad and networked more and really started to volunteer more. But I think at that age, I had the mentality of, well, how, how could I survive? I can't work for free. And now I'm self-employed. I volunteer all the time. I really see the value of these things. So it's hard to say. I think that the education isn't really necessary, but it helps me to be a more well-rounded person, especially with the program that I was in. It was very, very sustainability oriented and worldview oriented. So I was learning all about how to communicate to different age groups and different types of people all around the world. And I didn't have that worldview when I was younger. It was beneficial for me. Yeah, everything comes uh, with time, you know, it's only in retrospect that I'm thinking, oh, maybe learning by doing would have been a better strategy and I would have like more time to kind of become this arrow uh, moving in just one direction instead of I'm gonna try this I'm gonna try that uh, let's see what works out but probably yeah and I've done so many different things in order to get here I I think that it would have been helpful if I had had a mentor that worked in this area and I just didn't so I, I tried a little bit of everything well, that's a great advice that I'm going to take for sure uh, to get a mentor. And I think we will leave our listeners with that. Um, even if you don't know where, where you are and where exactly you're going, get a mentor. Get some help with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erika. It was amazing talking to you today about branding and marketing in sustainability and for sustainability. All the best for you and Pixel Power. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ciao, ciao.
I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I hope you loved listening to this episode as much as I loved working on it. Hope you learned something new today and got inspired to take action. If you have any questions for me or Erica, please don't hesitate to reach to us on LinkedIn. We are both easily findable there. If you like the podcast, you know what to do. Subscribe, share on your social media for your friends and family to see. Leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Reading your review will make me over the moon happy. If you review the podcast on our Podchaser page, I will reply to you in person. I promise. That's what I always do. By taking your time to give your honest feedback, you help me improve the show and you also help more people interested in practical aspects of sustainability to discover this channel. I always suggest some other related episodes. And today I'd like to draw your attention to the episode called Every Job is a Sustainability Job, discussion with Lincoln Blevins. This one is the closest to the topic we've discussed with Erica today and will show you in which spheres sustainability is applicable as well and where it is missing. I truly hope you will enjoy it and learn a lot from Lincoln. Of course, you are invited to check any other related or unrelated episode out, everything that speaks to you. We have now a lot of exciting interviews on this podcast covering a range of topics from flowers, urbanism, to bedsheets, biodiversity, conservation, ecotourism, fashion, economy, and so, so, so many more. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, challenge me with your questions. You can as well suggest guests, maybe it's you, or topics uh, you'd like me to cover in the future. This was Sustainability Explored, episode number 52, and me, your host, Anna Chashina. Thank you again for listening, for being with us today, and until next time, next Thursday, take care, be sustainable. Bye-bye.